What is up? Hello and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. The Bucks' first preseason game is in the books, a 26-24 loss to the Miami Dolphins this past Saturday night. There is a ton to get into from the game and the storylines surrounding the games and what has happened afterwards in terms of a surprise Buccaneer being cut already and the Bucks bringing back a familiar name. We'll get into all of that today. I am the Downey half of this dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. All of the news on all of those signings and tons of stuff surrounding the game. You can find articles about that on BucksNation.com and check out Bucks Nation on Twitter as well at Bucks underscore Nation. And with me every single week, he is the one, the only, the Len Martez. His Twitter handle, you know where to follow him. It's Lmart810. Len, what's up, man? Let's see, man. I'm counting the days down. We're less than a month away from the start of NFL season. Uh, I would say probably what three weeks from Thursday. Yeah, let's roll, man. Let's roll. Let's roll. <sighs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm not obligated to uh, to cover preseason games. Now, I'm not gonna lie. You know what, Bucks Nation? I can watch the games from home and be done in the three hours and watch as much as I want. I want to watch, or I can just watch the replay on NFL Network. And they which comes it. in super handy for someone who doesn't live in Tampa anymore. And yeah, and they and they and they cut it up. And before you know it, I watched the whole game in sixty minutes. Yep. But yeah, I digress in regards to. But that's preseason. It does matter. It matters. It I mean, it. You know, it uh, doesn't count, but it matters. And certainly on on uh, on Saturday night, you you saw it matter for guys who are. Uh, who are battling to, you know, to to make this team. And as it is, the Bucks made moves today to, to cut down to 85. I want to get into, let's let's lead with that. Let's lead into the moves that the Bucks made. And obviously there's one name that stands out over the others. The Bucks cut veteran defensive back Ross Cockrell today. And that's a guy who's been a mainstay of this football team in recent years as a depth secondary guy has stepped in when the Bucks have had a lot of injuries and played cornerback. He was trying to make this team as a safety. Uh, Lynn, how surprised are you that, uh, I don't think it's necessarily a surprise that he didn't make this team in general, just based on, you know, the signings and the draft picks that this team made, but him getting cut this early is a little bit surprising to me. No, it's not, not to me. Not? Okay. Nope, because in this business, how it works, and I've learned this, you give a guy a chance to get on as soon as possible especially if he's talented enough. What you don't want, what you don't want to do is, is cut him so late into the preseason to where teams are already decided on their 53 and he doesn't latch on to a team. That's the problem. So as far as Cockrell is concerned, this is a good thing for him because he's got at least another couple of cuts to get out there and get on a team and to, you know, to prove that he's worthy of making someone's final 53. Not only that, based off of how you are inside the building, and I mean at the Advent Health Training Center, 
and the connections you make, and this is about, it's about any business, networking and connections. They may be something that moving forward that works out for Cockrell because of his relationship inside that building. They may have caught him to, to give him an opportunity knowing that another team based off the connections and networking will pick him up. I wouldn't be surprised if for the weeks out that he's latched on to another football team. And, and because of that, it's not surprising to me that a guy who has the experience that he has is quote unquote on the street this early in preseason. I just think that it's, I mean, it's pretty obvious that I understand where you're coming from, from that perspective, but I think that the Bucks had to be pretty confident that he was not going to make the final 53 man roster to make this move. Now, obviously you want the guy to succeed, especially a guy who's had a history of being good in the locker room and being a part of this team for multiple years, but you have to have confidence in some of your younger guys. And it's a guy that you've mentioned a lot so far in camp and Zion McCollum, who there were a couple shaky plays on oh, Saturday. They were more night. than shaky. Yeah. They, they were, yeah. They, they were, yeah. Some busted coverages, especially on Lynn Bowden, the former Kentucky quarterback turned wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. One at the end of the first half, a touchdown catch, and then one at the beginning of the of the second half were two of the main ones that I noticed. But that's a guy that he's shown well in camp. But if you're really going to be the second team corner behind like a behind a Carlton Davis or a Sean Murphy Bunting. You can't continue to to make those plays in the preseason. That's fine. Here's the thing, though. And, and, and as far as McCollum's concerned, the thing that stuck out to me wasn't so much getting beat on a touchdown catch by, by Bowden. I watched him a couple of plays get shaken out of his cleats on play action, where he was the blitzing defensive back coming in on a blitz, and he went – I mean, like, went for the play action. Thank God he didn't have a camera in his hand because we'd have missed the whole play. Everybody that watched it on TV would have missed the whole play. He went literally straight to the running back on a play action play by Skylar Thompson, who had a big night for the, for the Dolphins. But, again, he's a third-string quarterback in this league. But as far as Cock was concerned, you can talk about whether or not they have faith in, in the guys that they still have in this roster, but the bottom line is they know what they have in or had in Ross Cocker. They saw enough of them. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if there aren't other veterans that are potentially cut when it comes to the defensive backs because of what they've invested in the younger guys and knowing that eventually those guys will be good enough to be the second and third string guys on the depth chart. So not, again, not surprised. And if it, if it just so happens that again, those guys, the younger guys that they've invested in like McCollum are the backups. It's because this team has the faith in them so that they can play in this league and be ready to go. And granted they need to be ready to go because based off of 2021, we watched it. Right, we watched it. I mean, the reason why you're shocked about Cockrell getting cut is the fact that we watched him play enough in 2020 during the Super Bowl season and also last year. And, and you know, whether it be, a, you know, Delaney or any other guy that we're going to see in 2022, those guys have to be prepared to play. 
and uh, that's that's huge before we get into some of the the more positive spots because there are a couple of guys that i definitely want to point out from saturday night we have to get into some of the other more negative news and that you always have to talk about coming out of preseason and that's injuries and the bucks suffered uh, a couple of those excuse me on saturday night and Giovanni Bernard goes down, a guy who has had a, a history of injury, so that's a little concerning. But obviously the one right now that we know that is the most long-term and has led the Bucks to make a roster move is Cam Gill. Uh, pass rusher goes down with a Liz Frank injury and was having a good game on, on, on Saturday as well. And that has led to the Bucks bringing back uh, former defensive end and outside linebacker from a couple of years ago, also played with the Browns and the Las Vegas Raiders. Carl Nassib is now a part of this football team. Uh, Lynn, how big of a loss possibly is uh, the Cam Gill injury? And can a guy like Nassib come in here and, and fill those shoes pretty well? I don't think it's a big loss. And this, from a from a team standpoint, I don't think it's that big of a loss. And, and you know, Certainly wish it didn't happen to Cam Gill, who, as you mentioned, had a sack in that game, was having a good game and was a part of this team the prior couple of years. And you would have liked to have seen him play in 2022 to see what he can do in this defense. But in an area that they are deep at already, they added another piece in NASA that you brought up, who is a Todd Bowles favorite. When Todd Bowles was defensive coordinator and, and Carl was here, Todd went out multiple times and talked about how <laughs> Carl is just a little bit off when it comes to playing football and how Todd Bowles likes that, yeah. likes that in his players. And, you know, there's a motor that Carl Nassib has wherever he's played. That's the reason why he's still in the league. That's the reason why he, he's able to come back to the Buccaneers because they know what they can get from him. And whether it's Carl Nassib, or another guy who we watched on Saturday night have a big game in number 98, Anthony Nelson, who seems to be getting more and more comfortable. I talked about it last week. That was going to be one of my bright spots. I loved what I saw from Nelson on Saturday. When you're when you're a rookie, you're, you're trying to figure things out. You're trying to figure out how things go in the NFL. And, and Nelson, year by year, is getting more and more comfortable. Biggest thing is, is he's got to stay healthy, but he's in the rotation. And then, and then we, you know, we talked about JTS and, and Joe Tryon Shiyanko, another second year and the fact that he knows what's expected of him and he's no longer a rookie training wheels off. Let's go big man. Let's six, five, 265, 270 first round pick time to, you know, time to get the benefits of having that guy on your roster and, and putting the faith into him so that he, so that, he can be that number one guy. He's learned a lot from other defensive ends in regards to Shaq Barrett and, and uh, number 90, who's no longer here, Jason Pierre-Paul. But I have not, not that Cam Gill is not a good football player, because he is, and he's proven that he is a good football player. But it's more about the depth on this team and the fact that they had a NASA that leaves me with, with the, the feelings that they'll be okay with the edge rushers. Yeah, I think I I thought Nassib was an underrated player when he's here. He's been kind of underrated wherever he's been. So I think that he can definitely uh, fill those shoes and step in and be a good depth pass rusher and part of the rotation here 
for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lynn, it's time to talk about number two. Good old Kyle Trask. Now, wasn't perfect. Those turnovers at the end of the, the first half, preseason wins and losses don't matter. Hence, the Detroit Lions went 4-0 the year they went 0-16. But that kind of changed the course of the football game. Yes, you can say the offensive line, especially on the fumble, was no good, which I do have concerns about the depth of this offensive line. But overall, what we saw from Kyle Trask played the majority of the football game. We have to take it as a huge net positive, in my opinion, even with the struggles in the two-minute offense at the end of the first half. So here's the thing about, about Kyle Trask and, and any quarterback that's in a position that he's in. It's not about going 25 or 33 and 258 yards and, and, and having a touchdown pass. And it's not Which about he did, that. by the way. It's not about that. It's about everything that happens prior to those numbers. And what I mean is the stuff that matters to Clyde Christensen, the quarterback coach, and Byron Leftwich, it's not 25 or 33, 258. By the way, that number, 258, is, is, the, is the most yards for a Bucs quarterback in a preseason game since Ryan Griffin. We know what Ryan Griffin is, so why are we making a big deal about 258? It's not a big deal. What matters is this. And that is what matters to Clyde Christensen and Byron Leftwich. And that's the pre-snap reads. That's the progressions during the play. That's what matters to the folks that decide whether or not Kyle Trask is an NFL quarterback and a starter in this league and ready to be the heir apparent to that dude. That's what matters. Don't tell me about two, oh, 258 yards. Oh, we only threw eight incompletions. No, it's about the pre-snap reads and it's about the progressions that he goes through. Because when you sit down in that quarterback room, that's what Clyde Christensen is going to talk about. That's what Byron Leftwich is going to talk about. Kyle, what did you see before the snap? Whether it's, the, whether it's a good play on a Stearns touchdown pass, or whether it's a blow-up play where it's a scoop and score. Each play, whether positive or negative, they're going to ask him what he saw pre-snap. Once the snap is on, they're going to ask him, they're going to break down the film, ask him, okay, what are you looking at now? That's what matters. Everybody wants to look at a highlight and be like, oh, he did great. And I'm not saying he didn't do good. Well, I was going to say, in, in your position, do you, th personally for you, watching him is it hard to judge his his performance on saturday night from the perspective that you're viewing it from no no, no? Okay. because the same way i can watch zion mccullough get faked out of his boots on a play action i can watch kyle trask who is again coming to the line of scrimmage and looking to see who's doing what and granted it's a preseason game and the thing about the pre-snap reads in a preseason game is this you don't have a lot of film to go on, right? You don't have a lot of film. So when, so when you're in the regular season and you're watching film, think about it. Peyton and Eli weren't great athletes. Peyton and Eli were successful. Why? Because of what they did Monday through Saturday. Film watching, knowing that, okay, when this linebacker leans that way, 
Oh, oh, I got one-on-one -on -one coverage over there. Oh, I got my running back going out on a wheel by himself. Whatever it is, whether it's the safety leaning down and cheating, that's what you read. So unfortunately, as far as the preseason is concerned, Kyle Trask may not get that pre-snap read because Miami's not tipping anything. But what they- And it's also very vanilla coverages too. Well, no doubt. But what they are doing, what they are doing is they're revealing themselves in regards to young players, young players will cheat a little bit, okay? You got to be smart enough to know, okay, that safety's leaning towards my tight end or he's leaning towards that wide receiver. He's doing that. He's not doing that to trick me. He's doing that because he, he don't think I see him doing that, okay? This isn't Ed Weed or Luke Keekley or Zach Thomas trying to trick you into something, Okay. Those guys were notorious for tricking quarterbacks, all right? Ed Reed was notorious for tricking quarterbacks, even the best ones, all right? The guys who are playing in preseason games against Kyle Trask, for the most part, aren't doing that. But again, that's what matters the most, the pre-snap reads and also the fact of what he's doing from a progression standpoint of watching, going through the progressions and getting the football out. I can sit here and tell you on Saturday night, I watched at least three plays where I'm like, dude, get rid of the football. Oh, get down. What you mentioned was <laughs> him, him being late was your biggest concern watching him in camp. Yes. Yes, I said that already, okay? I'm like Arnold Schwarzenegger yelling at the TV. Get down! Get down! <laughs> Come on, man. You got to move. You got to do something with the football. All right? I'm not telling you he didn't have his bright spots. He certainly did. He had, he had plenty of bright spots, all right? He moved them down the field to where they had an opportunity to win the football game. And Borgales missed the field goal. That's what you want to see, all right? But when it comes to going over the top and saying, oh, well, we've seen, we've seen a lot of great things from Kyle Trask. Dude, we've seen, a, we've seen a lot of preseason quarterbacks do this. All right, I talked about Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin, God <laughs> bless him, all right? I like me some four. I like me RG4, baby. I like me some RG4. Lord knows I interviewed him a couple of years back. YouTube Len Martez, you can see that interview. <laughs> but he is what he is, right? He is what he is. He's a guy that's going to, you know, maybe carry off Tom Brady, that dude in another boat parade. <laughs> you know, that's what he is. So, you know, the result gets what you get. From the standpoint of again doing the pre-snap reads and also going your going through your progressions, you can't be successful. You can't have the numbers he put up without doing some positive things. I I give I'll give you that. But what I what I still see is again holding on to the football too long and not knowing where to go with the football. Now, are you worried about some of the offensive line depth and some of the protection breakdowns we saw especially late in the first half no because a lot of the starters didn't play and even some guys who maybe i would say put it this way they didn't play about 29 to 30 guys on 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 saturday and stinny were the only possible starters on the offensive line who played saturday night right but again 29 i would say roughly about 29 guys didn't play on Saturday night, all right? Most of those guys, obviously, are starters. You mentioned Hainsey and, and Stinney. But 
some of those were also immediate backups too. So there's going to come a time in the preseason where you're going to see the starters out there and they can't look like they looked on Saturday night. And, and, and obviously it's not the same guys, but they can't, this team can't look offensively rhythm wise with some of the things they have had happen on, on Saturday night breakdowns. I mean, Miami didn't play anybody either, dude. Yep. They sat a bunch of guys to be able to get to the quarterback as often as they did. It's not good. Not good. But granted, some of the guys that had the breakdowns on the offensive line, and certainly you wanted in, in preseason game one as opposed to having in the preseason game three. And like, oh, now what? When you have that dude back there, right? But that dude is going to be back there protected by the guys who are going to be playing from week one to week 17. Jose Borregales. Miss- Look at you. Yeah, I got it down now. Misses it only took them possible, two months. The possible game-winning field goal. I mean, he's been in this. He's been in this team for for even longer than that. Uh, that's but fine. Uh, I, I like look. You, you, <laughs> I gave you too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, he made a really long field goal in this football game. Hit his extra points, but that's kind of a moment where if you're gonna unseat a guy like Ryan Suckup, you need to make that kick. Yeah, no doubt, but. Uh, I guess we're going to do this every week <laughs> because of the kicking competition. Because, yeah, I mean, if he makes it, are you going to, like, not you, but are we going to be like, okay, well, we got a new kicker? No, but I it think... Like the, he, the, it, it, it ain't like he shanked it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't 2019 Matt Gay game winner New York Giants yeah. and Matt Gay just blows it like under 30 yard yard field goal. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't like that. It was a I mean, plenty of kickers missed 49 yard field goals. Yeah. All right. I mean, my man from Baltimore who just got a big, you know, six million dollar per year deal and and is talked about being a Hall of Fame kicker, you know, Justin Tucker has missed 49 yard field goals. In the NFL, you'd hope to have a guy that's close to automatic from inside 50 yards. They're not, though. (laughs) I just mentioned Tucker. Vinatieri's missed missed his shares of 49-yard field goals, too. Here's what I'm I'm saying about this kick. The Bucs have been open in saying this is a kicking competition. But you and I, in both of our assessments of it, have kind of questioned why. Ryan Suckup has been steady. He's been the kicker for the for the Bucks on a Super Bowl winning team, and the Bucks have had their struggles with kickers in the past. If you're in a position where Borigalis is, and it looks like you're fighting an uphill battle already, if you want to have a chance to pull the upset, it's like in a fight. If you have the chance, the guy has his hands down, and you have the chance, you can't whiff on the possible knockout punch. You have to make those kicks. That's all that I'm saying in terms of that. And I'm not, and I'm not arguing with you with that, but I'm telling you this. Had he made that field goal, he would be no closer to making his team. He made a 55-yarder, dude. Yeah. Okay. Now, if he went over two on Saturday night, then we then we then we'd have some some issues because then you start thinking about okay, well, dude, I mean you can kick, you can kick during practice. You can kick when you hear and you kick when you hear the horn, all right, when there's no pressure, and you can kick the ball over the net and hit the top of the of the indoor facility that's where it says go bucks. 
but you can't kick in the game. You can't kick it, Ray J. You can't kick when it matters the most. That's the thing. If he missed both field goals, then then I'd be like, <laughs> I told you before, and I'll tell you again. Ryan suck up, leave that man alone. But he made a fifty-five yarder, and that to me is the more impressive than than missing than missing the forty-nine yarder because plenty of guys miss forty-nine yard field goals, but not a lot of guys make fifty-five yarders. Not a lot, unless you're Jason Sanders, who, by the way, just like he. My man just wakes up and just kicks 50-yard field goals. Oh my God. Ridiculous. <laughs> like, like, like they just they just line them up and, and, and they like tell the scoreboard <laughs> operator, just go ahead and put the three up. He's got this. Now let's talk about some of the players that Kyle Trask was throwing the football to. And I think here there were some definite bright spots in in my opinion, on guys who we talked about might be in a battle to make this football team. One that I've have that I'll have to mention is Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson to me is showing progression this year in the NFL that he can be a guy who gets more playing time with the Buccaneers. Johnson to me, very impressive. We didn't see a ton of him, but I was also impressed with Jalen Darden. I can tell Darden is making progression as a receiver and he's not just a return guy he can play receiver in this league and can play receiver for the bucks and then a the guy you mentioned the touchdown catch from uh kyle trask to jared sanders who Stearns. i don't Stearns, jared Stearns. sorry sorry uh i don't know if he's gonna make the 53 man roster but i think this guy has a clear path to the practice squad and to me that just kind of the guy had 150 catches at Western Kentucky last year, and he goes undrafted. I don't care if he's 5'9". There's got to be a spot for a guy like that on, on an NFL roster. So those are the guys that I was very impressed with, and I know it's the in vogue thing on Buck's Twitter right now to say that uh, Scotty Miller is going to be the odd man left out in terms of this receiver battle. I know we're only one preseason game in, but I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of Buck's Twitter right now. Yeah, I would slow down on on – on the whole Scotty Miller thing just just yet. I will say this much. Whether it be Johnson, Stearns, or Darden, the most important thing for me beyond catching the football is how comfortable they look. That's the most important thing. All right, Stearns is a rookie. He looked comfortable, all right? Darden is in his second year. Keep saying it over and over. Guys know what to do their second year, know everything about the building when they walk inside that building. When they walk on a practice field, they know what's expected of them. When they walk, when they walk into the wide receiver room, they know what's expected of them. So Darden should be comfortable. But that's that's great. The most important thing on Saturday night in regards to the wide receivers for me is that Tyler Johnson sees an opportunity and he's grabbing it. That's the thing. Like, and that's what you have to have. That's the, that's the attitude you have to have. You are in competition, dude. I mean, on the other side with the Miami Dolphins, and I heard Rondé bring this up in regards to the fact that both these teams are talented in the wide receiver spot. But as far as the Bucks are concerned, when you, when you, when you don't play Julio, Gage, Godwin, and Evans, somebody better step up. And Johnson was that guy. We've seen, we've seen the flashes 
in the season, right? Showed you the flashes in the season, but just like Scotty Miller, okay, that's not 2021 or 2020, 2021. What are you going to do for me now? Because there's competition behind you. And as much as you talked about, you know, Bucks Twitter and, you know, wanting to write off Scotty Miller already, I'm not there yet, but I will say this much. You got two more games. And these other guys are showing you what they can do. Granted, you've done it at least a couple of times in the NFL. I said it before when it comes to Scotty Miller. And I remember this quote from Bruce. He talked about make it. Grimy, Scotty. Yeah, man, you got to make grimy plays. And Scotty Miller talked about it in, you know, when, he, when he met with the media this, this season, this preseason, in regards to wanting to do more of that. But you know what? You got to do more of that, not just in practice, because I know people want to blow that off, but that matters because of the competition that he's going up against when it comes to the Buck secondary. Scotty can make plays on the Buck secondary. He should be able to make plays in the NFL, right? Yeah. I mean, Buck secondary is as good as it is. If you make plays against your own secondary, you should be making plays in, in games against the competition. Now it's a matter of doing that, because if you don't, you can be out on the street, dude. I need to see more of them grimy plays that Bruce talked about last year. Before we get into what we want to see in the second preseason game against the Tennessee Titans, um, is there anything else, any other players or anything that we haven't mentioned yet about Saturday's preseason debut that we haven't gotten to? Yeah, as far as the running backs are concerned, I mean, Keyshawn was what I thought he, he, he is and, and what he'll be. I, I still think he's going to end up being the, the number two back on his team. A lot of folks are talking about Rashad White, which he had his moments in regards to catching the football. I also watched him do what I said he was going to do, bounce outside. Bruh, you got to get inside there, okay, between the tackles, because that bouncing outside is not going to last. It's not going to last, and you're going to end up being third on the depth chart. You, they're not – they didn't draft him. And I, and I know I've been down on him when he first got drafted, but I was down on him because of what, what I watched and what I watched on Saturday night too. That bouncing outside is not going to get you to be the guy that's, that's going to replace Leonard Fournette when Fournette needs a blow. That bouncing outside is not going to do it. All right. As long as you continue to do that, Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be the number two running back on this team. He did show some flashes catching the football. He catches ball. football, dude. Yeah. He, I, t- I said it to you a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> My time spent here, he's been the best guy in regards to hands when it comes to the running backs on this team. Looks comfortable doing it. Comfortable. Another thing I want to get to before we get into the second preseason game is as we're recording this on Tuesday evening, news came out of practice earlier today that Chris Godwin was a participant in team period for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after suffering that horrible knee injury last season. I was not super confident, even though we heard he was cleared in quotes uh, at the beginning of camp that he was going to be available for week one against Dallas, even though we heard some of those uh, rumors that the Bucs were hoping that he might be. But if you are participating in team period on August 16th, more than three weeks away from that preseason debut. 
I'm starting to get a little bit more confident that we see Godwin on opening night at Jerry World. Yeah, slow down. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because he has to he has to get comfortable with that knee. And that's it's not only a physical thing. It's a mental, yeah. It's, it's in your a, head. It's a big mental thing. All right. And you know, for, for everything that he did today, which is great, fantastic, but it's steps. I, it, it is, it is steps in the right direction. That's the most important thing, but there are other steps that need to take place first before we can say, Oh, you know what? He's going to play against Dallas. And what has to happen now is my man needs to get hit. And I don't just mean at the Abbott health training center. I mean, by another team. So when he's, when he's, when he's actually in game action, getting hit, then we can check off some more boxes. Today's boxes. Great. Fantastic. I don't think he's going to play in the preseason, though. Okay. But then you – then you okay. Well, if you think that's the case, then you better slow down on him playing week one then. <laughs> you think that they would risk a guy coming off of an injury like that in the preseason? They have to find out. He has to find out. He has to find out, okay, about that knee. He has to get mentally comfortable in knowing I'm back. Do you expect Evans get- – do you expect Evans or Julio to play in the preseason? I expect Julio to. I expect Mike to, too. Yeah, I think, I think those guys. When Tom comes back, Tom's going to get a series or two. You don't think those guys are going to go out there with Tom when Tom gets his series? You think in the third preseason game? Yeah, that- I think so. I think so. Now, I don't know if Chris is going to be out there, but I think I think Tom, I think Julio, and I think that's your pride, dude. You, you, we're going to go – and I know Aaron Rodgers said this already. We didn't play in the preseason. I was <laughs> that bad, man. I said Aaron Rodgers said he's not going to play. To you, is the third preseason game still the third preseason game, even though there are only three? I know that there's that gap between the regular season, but do you view do you still view the third preseason game more as that dress rehearsal, or is it more of or let's transition into Saturday's game, or do you think we see more? starters on Saturday, even though it's a different situation with the Bucks because Brady won't be there. It, but that's the, that's the thing. That's the biggest thing. All right? Their third preseason game is what probably most teams handle as their second preseason game, in my eyes, because your quarterback's not coming back till after the 20th, your, your second preseason game. So because of that, your third preseason game is your dress rehearsal. I don't think – I'll say this. I don't think, and I could be dead wrong, but I don't think the Bucks player uh, on September um, against Dallas, I don't think they play that first game without having a dress rehearsal for their team. I don't think so. It's definitely going to be interesting because I, I personally think we could be in a situation where a lot of these starters never touch the field this preseason. Just, just my opinion and how things – I think are going to play out. I could be dead wrong. No, no. We'll see Listen, what happens. One of us is going to be dead wrong. Yeah. I could be the one. I could be the yeah. one that's dead wrong. I say they play. You say they don't. I I just think that you have to, with Tom taking the amount of time he's taking off, you have to go out there at least one series, dude, with everyone yeah. intact. I could be wrong. You could be right. Now, in terms of what I want to see in the second preseason game, I think it's just more of a progression after what we saw in the first preseason game, especially in terms of in terms of those wide receivers. You want to see 
Tyler Johnson and, and Stearns and Darden continue to make those plays. And two, you want to see Scotty Miller step up in the face of competition. So those are kind of the kind of the things that I'm watching for in the second preseason game. And I I want to see more out of the depth guys on the offensive line, uh, especially Luke Gedeke, which thank you, Chris Myers, for transferring the proper pronunciation of, of his name to uh, all of us who have been getting it wrong and saying Gedeke over the past few months. Maybe that was worse than Borigales. Yeah, um, as far as the name pronunciation is concerned, if people were getting it wrong, that's on everyone around for not correcting. Yeah, that that's number one. <laughs> we weren't the only ones saying. Chris, saying no, 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 I'm not talking about us. I'm talking oh, about yeah. everyone yeah. involved. If Chris Myers is the first guy to say the name right, there's a whole lot of people that should have been corrected a long time ago in regards to saying his name that were right next to the dude, asking him questions and asking the head coach or, or the offensive line coach how Goodwin about him. But that's besides the point. When it comes to the next game, <laughs> I need my dude 2-7 to not have <laughs> the issues he had on Saturday night. And I'm talking about Zion McCullum. Get it right. Get it right, young man. Make me look good. And we'll get it right next week when we'll be back after that second preseason game. Tom Brady will be back and we'll be back. Until then, follow us on t- Twitter. He's at Elmar810. I'm at TD Experience. Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation. And until next week, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.